Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Welcome once again to the mansion on the hill, the house of strange, the palace of mystery. This is the home of Terry's mysterious moments. This is season five. We thank you for listening to the show. Hello there, folks. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to apologize in advance for pronunciation errors that I'm going to do and ask forgiveness for those. I am speaking about that which I know very little of. Hawaii. I've never been there. I'd like to go at least once just to see the place. Uh, There are many great ghost stories, uh, stories like that from the islands that I think would be fun to, to track down. I have a great respect for Madame Pele, and I ask her indulgence while I tell these stories. Let's get started, shall we? The Minahune, and I'm not sure I'm saying that right, Minahune. Among a number of legends in Hawaii come the Minahune. They are sometimes called the Hawaiian leprechauns as misguided as that term may be. The Minahune are a dwarf people. See, I don't even say it right the second time. They're a dwarf people in Hawaiian tradition who are said to live in the deep forests and hidden valleys of the Hawaiian islands, hidden far and away from human settlements. The Minahune are described as superb craftspeople. They are reported to have built temples, fish ponds, roads, canoes, and houses. Some of these structures that Hawaiian folklore attribute to the Minahune still exist. They are said to have lived in Hawaii before settlers arrived from Polynesia many centuries ago. Their favorite food is the banana, and they also like fish. Legend has it that the Minahune will only appear during night hours in order to build masterpieces. But if they fail to complete their work in the length of the night, they will leave it unoccupied. No one but their children and humans connected to them are able to see the Minahune. Some of the activities attributed to the Minahune are dancing, singing, archery, architecture, painting, sculpting, and cliff diving. They are said to pierce the hearts of angry people with arrows of love instead. They are rarely seen by human eyes. 
They were displaced by the Polynesian settlers when they first arrived in Hawaii. People on any island in Hawaii may have an encounter with them, but they are extremely rare according to reports. There is no physical evidence for the existence of a historical people that fit the description of the Minahune. Nothing has been discovered. In Martha Warren Beckwith's Hawaiian Mythology, there are references to several other forest-dwelling races. The Nuweo, who were large-sized wild hunters from Luanu'u, the Mu people, and the Wa people. Some early scholars hypothesized that there was a first settlement of Hawaii by settlers from the Marquesas Islands and a second from Tahiti. The Tahitian settlers oppressed the commoners, the Manahune in the Tahitian language, who fled to the mountains and were called Minahune. Proponents of this hypothesis point to an 1820 census of Kauai by the ruling Ali'i Aimoku of the island, which listed 65 people as Minahune. Folklorist Catherine Luamala believes that the legends of the Minahune are a post-European contact mythology created by adaptation of the term Manahune, which by the time of the colonization of the Hawaiian Islands by Europeans had acquired a meaning of lowly people or low social status and not diminutive in stature. It is claimed that Minahune are not mentioned in pre-contact mythology although this is unproven since it was clearly an oral mythology. The legend overnight creation of the Alikoko fish pond, for example, finds its equivalent in the legend about the creation of a corresponding structure in Oahu, which was supposedly indeed completed in a single day, not by Minahune, but as a show of power by a local Ali'i, who commanded every one of his subjects appear at the construction site and assist in building. Structures attributed to the Minahune are the Minahune fish pond wall at Niumalu in Kauai, the Kikioala ditch at Waimea in Kauai, Necker Island structures, Paoka Minahune breakwater at Kahalua Bay, Ulupu Hiaiwa at Kailua, Oahu. And I, as a totally uneducated in archaeology and anthropology layman, have to wonder that since there is evidence of cross-Pacific travel in times gone by, could there be an explanation of who the Minahune were? I refer to the fairly recent discoveries on the island of Flores, located in the southern islands of Indonesia. This is just supposition. Suppose that, but what if the Minahune, often described as short-statured, more lately described as of lower social standing, are actually related to the peoples found in archaeological terms in the digs on Flores, those people who have come to be called hobbits. Homo florensiensis, or Flores man, nicknamed the hobbit, is a species of small archaic human that inhabited the island of Flores. Indonesia until the arrival of modern humans about 50,000 years ago. The remains of an individual 
who would have stood about three foot seven inches in height, were discovered in 2003 at Liangbua on the island of Flores in Indonesia. Partial skeletons of at least nine individuals have been recovered, including one complete skull referred to as LB1. These remains have been the subject of intense research to determine whether they were diseased modern humans or a separate species. A 2017 study concludes by phylogenic analysis that H. florensiensis is an early species of Homo, a sister species to Homo habilis. This hominin was at first considered remarkable for its survival until relatively recent times, initially thought to be only 12,000 years ago. However, more extensive stratigraphic and chronological work has pushed the dating of the most recent evidence of its existence back to 50,000 years ago. The Homo florensiensis skeletal material is now dated from 60,000 to 100,000 years ago. Stone tools recovered alongside the skeletal remains were from archaeological horizons ranging from 50,000 to 190,000 years ago. Could it be that these many humans were adventurous enough to mount an expedition of sorts to Hawaii and remain there, some of them existing until the present day but remaining out of sight for the most part? Explorer Thor Heyerdahl was a Norwegian adventurer and ethnographer with a background in zoology, botany, and geography. He proved that cross-Pacific travel was possible in 1947 when he sailed a handmade raft 5,000 miles from South America to the Tuamotu Islands in the area of Tahiti. So why couldn't a race of beings do the same thing and sail from the Tahiti area to Hawaii? And again, I beg forgiveness in advance for my ignorance of pronunciation in the next story. The retelling of spooky ghost tales has been a favorite form of entertainment and an important cultural link in Hawaii since ancient times. Ghostly images or haunting acts have been reported in old buildings, deep valleys, sacred burial sites, ancient temple sites, forested areas, beaches, and lava fields. With a rich history of mythology and folklore and numerous sacred sites, Hawaii's link to the past is ever-present. A good majority of Hawaiian residents have either had a spooky encounter at some point during their lives or know of someone with an eerie story to tell. One of the most popular subjects of ghost stories in the islands is the Night Marchers. Night Marchers are ghostly apparitions of a band of beings who move with purpose to the beat of primitive pounding drums. Some say they are armed spirit warriors en route to or from battle, toting archaic weaponry and clothed in decorative helmets and cloaks. Other accounts tell of high-ranking ruler spirits being guided to places of high importance or to welcome new warriors to join in battle. Perhaps these restless souls are looking to reclaim rightful territory, maybe replay a battle gone awry, or avenge their own deaths. Some say the night marchers are searching methodically 
for an entrance into the next world. Night marchers are said to roam through very specific locations and are often recognized by their raised torches and repeated chants. Although there have been a few scattered reports of daytime marches, these apparitions appear to be most active at night and are said to march on certain nights designated by the moon. And although the night marchers allegedly float a few inches off the ground, some local accounts tell of seeing mysterious footprints in their path after they have passed. Areas like the Nu'uanu Pali Lookout, the Ka'aawa Valley, and the Kalihi Valley on Oahu are rumored sites of night marcher trails, and nighttime visitors are encouraged to be wary. Other alleged night marcher sites include Oahu's Pali Highway, which runs along the famous Kamehameha Battle Site, and nighttime visits, especially alone, are not recommended. The Kamehameha Schools campus in Kapaloma on Oahu, over 100 years old, is said to have been visited by night marchers on many occasions. At Kualoa Ranch on Oahu's windward coast, night marchers have been spotted around an area that is said to house the remains of hundreds of Hawaiian chiefs and are said to be responsible for a good many nighttime car accidents. In La Perelle's Bay, an area in the Ahihi Kinau Natural Area Preserve in South Maui, the restless night marchers are said to roam along the hardened lava landscape in search of mischief. A town on Molokai is rumored to be a night marcher hotspot as the remnants of the sacred temple site are located nearby. On Oahu, there's a city of refuge, or there was a city of refuge in ancient Hawaii, where criminals and offenders of the culture's strict religious practices were held. Even today, spirits of soldiers are said to roam the outskirts of the town in search of possible escapees. What to do when happening upon a night march in progress? The ghostly procession must never be interrupted. Legend has it that resting your eyes upon the night marchers could signal a grim fate for the perpetrator or a friend or a relative. So witnesses are urged to crouch low to the ground, play dead, and avert their eyes. Any sound or movement could invite a night marcher's deadly glance. These night marchers are set diligently upon their destination and are not considered spirits that will deviate from their path to haunt humans nearby. Favorite nights of the night marchers? Pokane and Poakua. Pokane, during the nights of the Hawaiian god Kane, chiefs, chiefesses, priests, and close attendants march. Poakua, on the 14th night of the new moon, spirits of chiefs, warriors, and guardian spirits march between sunset and sunrise. Some characteristics of the mysterious night marches include heavy wind, rows of spirits carrying torches, alternating male and female rows, accompanying lightning and thunder, accompanying heavy rain or high surf, chanting and drum beating, unusually bright torches, game playing and revelry, 
accompanying mist or fog. And other alleged night marcher sites include Moana Lua on Oahu, Kahakuloa on Maui, Kekaa on Maui, Hanapepe on Kaui, Hokunui on Lanai, Waipeo Valley on the Big Island, and Hilo on the Big Island. Ghost tours in Honolulu are quite popular, and several eerie tours center around the night marchers and other ethereal entities. The tale of the night marchers even inspired a 2001 film titled The Night Marchers. Many locals who have never seen or heard the restless warriors will tell you they very much believe in their existence. If you happen to be in the path of the night marchers and the faint sound of drumming sends a chill up your neck, remember to show the ancient warriors respect. And with utmost respect to Madame Pele, I tell the next story. So I extend the request for pronunciation forgiveness. In Hawaiian religion, if not in fact, in Hawaiian culture, Pele is the goddess of volcanoes and fire and the creator of the, of the Hawaiian Islands. Often referred to as Madame Pele or Tutu Pele as a sign of respect, she is a well-known deity within Hawaiian mythology and is notable for her contemporary presence and cultural influence as an enduring figure from ancient Hawaii. Epithets of the goddess include Pele Hanua Mia, Pele of the Sacred Land, and Kawahini Ai Hanua, the Earth-Eating Woman. In different stories talking about the goddess Pele, she was born from the female spirit named Haumea. This spirit is important when talking about Hawaii's gods as she descended from Papa, our Earth Mother, and Wakia, the Sky Father both descendants of the supreme beings. Pele is often known as she who shapes the sacred land, known to be said in ancient Hawaiian chants. Kilauea is a current active volcano that is located on the island of Hawaii and is still being extensively studied. Many Hawaiians believe Kilauea to be inhabited by a family of fire gods, one of the sisters being Pele, who is believed to govern Kilauea and is responsible for controlling its lava flows. There are several traditional legends associated with Pele and Hawaiian mythology. In addition to being recognized as the goddess of volcanoes, Pele is also known for her power, passion, jealousy, and capriciousness. She has numerous siblings. They are usually considered to be the offspring of Haumea. Pele's siblings include deities of various types of wind, rain, fire, ocean wave forms, and cloud forms. Her home is believed to be the fire pit at the summit caldera of Kilauea, one of the Earth's most active volcanoes, but her domain encompasses all volcanic activity on the Big Island of Hawaii. Legend told that Pele herself journeyed on her canoe from the island of Tahiti to Hawaii. When on her journey, it was said she tried to create her fires on different islands, but her sister, Nemaka, was chasing her, wanting to put an end to her. In the end, the two sisters fought each other and Pele was killed. With this happening, her body was destroyed, but her spirit lives in Halima Uma Ua 
on Kilauea. They said her body is the lava and steam that comes from the volcano. She can also change form, appearing as a white dog, or as an old woman, or as a beautiful young woman. In addition to her role as goddess of fire and her strong association with volcanoes, Pele is also regarded as the goddess of the Hula. She is a significant figure in the history of Hula because her sister Iiaka, who is believed to be the first person to dance Hula. As a result of Pele's significance in Hula, there have been many Hula dances and chants dedicated to her and her family. With Hula being dedicated to Pele, the dance is often performed in a way that represents her intense personality and the movement of volcanoes. In one version of the story, Pele is the daughter of Kanihualani and Haumea in the mystical land of Kawihelani, a floating free land like a Fata Morgana. Kawihelani was in the region of Kahiki or Kukula o Kahiki. She stays close to her mother's fireplace with the firekeeper Lonomakua. Her older sister Na Maka o Kahai, a sea goddess, fears that Pele's ambition would smother the homeland and drives Pele away. Kamo Huali takes Pele south in a canoe called Hanua Iakia, along with her younger sister Hiaka and with her brothers Kamahuali, Kani Milo Hawaii, Kani Apua, arriving at the islands above Hawaii. There, Kani Milo Hai is left on Maku Papapa, just a reef, to build it up in fitness for human residents. On Nihoa, 800 feet above the ocean, Pele leaves Kani Apua after her visit to Lehua. Pele feels sorry for her younger brother and picks him up again. Pele uses the divining rod Paoa to pick a new home. A group of chants tells of a pursuit by Namakeo Kahan, who tears Pele apart. Her bones form a hill on Kahiki Nui, while her spirit escaped to the island of Hawaii. There are many other myths and stories about Pele and her origins and her family and differences in opinion between them. But suffice it to say that belief in Pele has continued after the old religion was officially abolished in 1819. In the summer of 1823, English missionary William Ellis toured the island to determine locations for mission stations. After a long journey to the volcano Kilauea with little food, Ellis eagerly ate the wild berries he found growing there. The berries of the ohelo plant are considered sacred to Pele. Traditionally, prayers and offerings to Pele were always made before eating the berries. The volcano crater was an active lava lake, which the natives feared as a sign that Pele was not pleased with the violation. Although wood carvings and thatched temples were easily destroyed, the volcano was a natural monument to the goddess. In December of 1824, the high chiefess Kapiolani descended into Halima Uma'u after reciting a Christian prayer instead of the traditional Hawaiian one to Pele. 
she survived, and this story was often told by missionaries to show the superiority of their faith. An urban legend states that Pele herself will occasionally warn locals of impending eruptions. I don't think calling that an urban legend is correct. I, I think that's just a story that happens. Appearing in the form of either a beautiful young woman or an elderly woman with a white hair and sometimes accompanied by a small white dog, she's always dressed in a red mumu. Pele is said to walk along the roads near Kilauea but will vanish if a passerby stops to help her, similar to the Resurrection Mary or Vanishing Hitchhiker legend. The passerby is then obliged to warn others or suffer misfortune in the next eruption. Another legend, Pele's Curse, states that Pele's wrath will fall on anyone who removes items from her island. Every year, numerous small natural items are returned by post to the National Park Service by tourists seeking Pele's forgiveness. It is believed Pele's curse was invented in the mid-20th century to deter tourist depredation. I can understand that, but who knows? Maybe there is something to it. An interesting legend or fact about Madame Pele, she doesn't like pork. Don't bring pork on the Pali Highway. Pele is known for having a fiery personality and a vengeful wrath. There are many stories about Pele's quarrels and battles, and after hearing about what she does to people who wrong her, I would not want to cross her. One legend says you should not take pork across the Pali Highway. The Pali Highway runs across the southeastern side of the island, connecting Honolulu with the windward side of the island. The reason why you can't take pork over the Pali Highway is that Pele had a bad breakup with the demigod Kamapu'ua, who is half man, half pig. They can never see each other. So if you bring pork over the highway, you're trying to bring Kamapu'ua from one side of the island to the other. Pele will stop you because she does not want to see him. Your car might break down, or something else might prevent you from getting to your destination. And the ways are endless. If I ever get to Hawaii, I won't be going to tempt fate. I may express an interest in learning about the legends and spooky stories, but it will be done in due reverence. I suggest you treat Hawaii the same way. There's something mystical about that place. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for being along for the ride. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Aaron reads listener stories, mostly ghost stories, sometimes UFOs, sometimes cryptids. On Tuesday, Aaron Frail brings you Aaron's Horror Show, different things that he's written. He reviews movies, books, things like that. On Wednesday, it's me, Terry from Texas, with Terry's Mysterious Moments, where we talk about just about anything there is to talk about. And at the first weekend of the month, we have video from The Witching Hour. Aaron has instituted a new area called Entertaining Short Films. 
That's exactly what they are. They're just short stories. Nothing in particular. No particular genre. Just entertaining. Remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have Apple or Android, download the RPA app, which is a black square with a blue eye in the middle of it. Download that to the device that you listen to the program on. Install it, and when you open that up, you can go straight to the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and its network. So all the all the stories that are involved with RPA are there, so you don't have to go hunting for them. If you want to contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments, you can do that on the Facebook page, and it's called Terry's Mysterious Moments, or you can email me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Contact me if you want to. Let's talk about some things. That's about it. We'll be back again. Listen to the other shows. Have a good week, everybody.